Eyes up, Guardians. We are live for episode 129 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is September the 7th, and I am the Destiny Bad Boy, not Ryan Fox, and I am here with my fire team, who all of you CCPs know by now. Jared? Hey, everyone. So we have the Aftermath of Crota. We got stuff that's going on in the game now. We did have a little hot fix come out today, and it's and it's Iron Banner going on this week. And the Chronicler himself, Chad Ocero. All, uh, all the stuff that Jared said, I don't remember all that he said, but also we're talking about the seasonal armor lore this week. So good, a good couple of fun stories there. And remember, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, thank you. You can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, click the bell, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Join the Discord server because uh, we'd love to help you guys through this new raid. Uh, should be a pretty good one once everybody gets a little more familiar with some mechanics. We have a lot to discuss this week, but before we get into that, let's listen to the intro music from everybody's favorite link who you can find on Twitter at Link of Time G. Conquer's Corner, a Destiny podcast. Wow, Link, awesome job. Thank you. Jared? All right, so Twid this week leads off with Guardians from Rowie. There's only four days left of that fundraiser where you get that t-shirt and emblem or one, or you can just get the emblem time. So, um, if you feel charitable and that's what you would like to make your donation to, there's a link in the twid. If not, I think I'm pretty sure Bundesy's also tweeted it out a couple of times. So it's multiple ways to go find that. Uh, if that's what you, something you choose to do. Uh, next up the, the PVP strike team, the PVP strike team was mentioned by Joe Blackburn. What was that? Like two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Uh, they Emergency. assembled. Yeah. They assemble a team to go and uh, directly fix some things that's happening in PvP. And their, their, their goal is not just to get more people playing PvP, but enrich the experience for the people that choose to play it right now and already uh, they want to see it succeed as it is. And so they're looking for feedback. They're looking at Bungie.net forums, Reddit, and Twitter. You can go post all your Structure feedback, positive, negatives, uh, what things you'd like to see different. Um, so right now, the new game relic is going on in uh, Crucible Labs. The new Vex map is going on in Iron Banner, which you can get on your Sparrow and go with, which I absolutely hate. Whoa. And um, yeah, so overall, PvP is about where it's at. So. He's going to come up with some criticism. What would you say? Or things you'd like to see improve? Uh, for myself, just uh, more balanced games. I feel like sometimes there's still some games that I'm, there's just people way out of my skill. 
and that's kind of hard for me because I know that for the last 20 seasons or 22, however many seasons of this game there have been, I've been at different levels of PVP. So I wish that they would do like a complete skilled reset type deal and then let it replace me every season um, to where, cause I know that there's still numbers in the background that they use. Right. You know, so like, the season that we were all real into PVP, those few seasons are still hurting me now uh, because I don't play enough consistently in order to come back to earth where I should be. I think most of the Ryan thoughts, um, we were definitely a little bit better at PVP maybe five years ago. This game has been out for a while. So, uh, you know, it, it, your your average high skews a little lower as as your reaction time also gets a little slower um but i think uh creating more of a variety in options if not in game modes in private matches would be cool kind of like i think overwatch did it where they added a bunch of options for stuff where like you could even customize character like stuff um where you can use like you could make a Lucio boop map where his boop was on immediate cooldown, but you couldn't shoot his actual gun. So you just had a bunch of Lucios running around trying to boop people off an edge. Um, but uh, if you could just make, make stuff like that, that way you could like have a clan night where you're like, all right, everybody, we're doing only melees and melees are on infinite cooldown. So you just have a bunch of like hammer throwing Titans just running around, not having to pick anything up, just like chucking hammers or, throwing knives and just just being able to mess with cooldowns up and down supers individually for like a clan night would be a lot of fun for pvp i feel like that would be just a heck of a time and like being able to to use the crucible mat uh, labs like the new relic mode be able to do a private match with that i don't know if that's possible i haven't tried it but just being able to having more optioned for the private matches. Cause those don't matter that you, you don't complete triumphs in there. You don't, you don't get XP for anything in there. You're just there to have a fun time and it'd be fun to get 12 people together and just have a blast in PVP for a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, I want, I want cues as in like, so if Iron Banner is going to be six, six V six, you get two Titans, two Warlocks and two Hunters on each team. And you can't double up subclasses. So hunters can't both be solar hunters. Like one of them has to be a different flavor. So I think that would be a lot of more balance to the game and not just whatever's meta is stacking up on. So, so that's just, I think if they is able to somehow do that, this game would be awesome. All right. Uh, new Witch World, Witch World armor set. So this is the armor set that Joe Blackburn mentioned um, that it was originally going to be in Eververse, but it's now going to be earnable in uh, like Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit. I think I was I was hearing Chad saying he got one to drop in one of his games or yeah, I got completed. A uh, was that did that drop from Iron Banner? Or did that drop from something? Else? I was playing Iron Banner and I got it at the end. I don't know if it was because I also completed the uh, the challenge. So it might have been a pinnacle drop, but there's so many things it could have been, but I got it at the end of my last match or my most recent match. So it was the the class item with the bones. 
Yeah, Bones. I kind of, um, I think they're ripping off a few, combining a few different armor sets that they put out in the past. And the Bones set from back, what, like the first or second Halloween event really comes to mind for uh, the way the yellow stands out on this new armor set. So um, I'll probably end up unlocking some of this. I think the Titan looks the best, to be honest. Um, that time our helmet helmet with the chest piece is is pretty great. You throw one Warlock of those. looks very reused. I thought <laughs> it just looks like it's, if you were to say like if you asked AI to make a warlock like if you fed every warlock armor set into AI and said create a warlock armor set, it would look like that. The um. I feel like you only do robes so many different ways and you're just out. <laughs> All right. Um, show us the Tessellation clip. So this Tessellation is the pre-order exotic fusion rifle that you got for pre-order final shape plus the annual pass edition. And uh, it takes on the flavor of whatever your subclass is and that goes in the energy slot. So Next week's twit, they're going to put together a compilation video of stuff that people submit to Destiny 2 Moment of the Week. So this is your chance to get that new emblem if you want it. And just to put out some cool shots that you do with it. Um, this is a pretty solid weapon, but I don't think it's meta-defining as of right now. How is Bungie dumb enough to do this whenever it's literally now the meme is going to be it's a pay-to-win emblem? You have to pay $100 to unlock the gun, and then that's who they're going to give the emblem to, the new emblem. Like, give me a break. Like, how does somebody at that table not be like, are we sure this is the best idea? Um, yes, the marketing was like, absolutely, yes. Get more, <laughs> more people to buy the gun in the annual pass so they can try See, to get moment of the week. Here's my thoughts. Um, as someone who obviously pre-ordered, because I'm going to play this game no matter what, um, Jared, did you have that same thought as Ryan did about this? No, exactly. I didn't know. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. And if I was at the table, if we were at the table of Bungie and someone said this idea, I'm like, yeah, that, that's a cool idea for like a, like a moment, like a <laughs> moment of the week. And then you said, but you know, you're targeting just the people that are giving us money. Right. And someone on the internet can notice that and say that you're doing it on purpose, I would have been like, ah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> but like, I could like, I would have more been like, hey, like, we want to see if you guys can do something weird with this gun if you have it. Um, like, here's one that we saw that we thought was cool, and make it like a moment, like a a video of the week for that week, and then people start putting out videos. I saw one where a guy like was doing testing and they wiped out an entire enemy team in a private crucible match with one shot. And I was like, that is unreal. That's crazy. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, they all like grouped up and he used the grenade shot to one shot a guy and then it blew up and killed everybody else. That's not going to happen really, but cloud strike kills can do stuff. So yep. it's going to happen here and there. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't even think about it the Ryan way until Ryan said it. And I was like, Ooh, could be an issue. <laughs> like, this is how it works guys. Like if you go to a baseball <laughs> game, 
if you pay more money to be down next to the infield, you have more of a chance to get a foul ball and you get something. Or you get the nosebleeds and never get a foul ball. That's just how it, that's how it works. All right, you can't win the lottery if you don't play. I disavow. I disavow Jared. In case anybody comes at us, bring it on. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get something disavow. moving on the X. We need some. <laughs> All press is good press, Ryan. <laughs> um. All right. Next up. Congratulations to Clan Elysium. And that is Salty Greppo and his bunch. They won the world race for Crota's End. It took them five hours and 51 minutes. Jeez. Yeah. Um, for man, for both completions? For, yeah, for, for it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that team. I think winner uh, was what? The second place was five hours and fifty two minutes or something. Wasn't there like I think they were two minutes behind, between. like a minute and some yeah. behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Cross about, was uh, was like pain. ten twenty seconds after them, I think. Is at least that's what in his video he said he oh, was man. right behind them. So he's uh, like, "Man, we were close." <laughs> I was like, "That's impressive." I haven't seen five the final hours. times. I didn't look, but yeah. Um, there was a big interview with uh, a lot of those players and what this time meant to them. Um, at this point, they got to be bored with it. So probably bored just winning all the time. They didn't win last time. Yeah. And they also Pussies. thought it was way too easy because they didn't win. Yeah. So I noticed they all had their wells out, though, for that for that final stand. Was it six? Was it six warlocks on the team? I think they had four wells. Mm. Yeah, I know salt. Salt was on a uh, a tractor, ha- uh, hammer titan build. So the oh the the big hammer build. Okay, got to keep them yeah. stunned. Yeah. Now, in, in all seriousness, those dudes are on another level. Like, if you place in the top two hundred, you're on another level. But those dudes are on a. I mean, they're they're basically like. I mean, not to sound super over the top, but they're like a once in a lifetime dominance for a bungee game. Like whatever bungee's next game is, there's never going to be anybody that wins takes four out of five, like they have. Yeah. So when you say it like that, like. Who else? I guess in like in fighting games, there's some runs of like the same person always winning tournaments. I know that happened for a while, but I guess in like Call of Duty and Overwatch and, and CS:GO, there's always new teams winning yeah. those each year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like it's. Uh, I mean, they're at like Joey Chestnut levels of American, or not even all American, but just dominance in general. You know, so it's yeah. uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. All right, so I think this is the time we're actually going to talk about our time and Crota's experience of contest mode and what it took for us. Um, starting out, we didn't get started until Friday night around nine o'clock. Um, we just wait till uh, everybody gets home from work. Gets dinner and then try to put it in a few hours at night. 
Uh, we completed lanterns and completed the bridge first night. Um, I think we was like four and a half hours in, took a break. Yep. Um, then we took on Iryut, took her down in, what, a little more than two hours? I think it was like three, three hours. Three hours. Okay. We were like, we were like seven hours in and we're at the, we're at Crota. Granted, um, not seven consecutive hours, but yeah, seven hours of playtime. They got to Crota where, um, we really started hitting the wall. And we kept banging our head into that wall. Um, got the final stand probably five times. And uh, didn't have the stars line up whenever we got to that final stand to get that to get that clear. Um, so we'll backtrack. Go ahead and go to Lanterns. Um, Lanterns, you know, contest mode and in general as an encounter. Pretty spot on to a pretty great adaptation, I'd say, in the Destiny 2 from Destiny 1. Because Destiny One, they did not have the Chalice of Light in the Lanterns. Basically, you just go from Lantern to Lantern. As soon as you get close to one, it starts the timer. Uh, now we have to get buffed by the challenge, get enlightened, and then enlighten the lamp, which stays lit for what? Maybe fifteen seconds. Uh, yeah, ten to fifteen, I would say, somewhere around there. And then as but it seems around, like. Uh, I wish that the light turned orange about a second and a half faster than it did as a warning. I feel like once it turns orange, a bit of, a, you got to go of our now. problem, which I was, I was going to slightly suggest because it, it was something that was annoying the heck out of me is if you have too many solar grenades or a well sitting right on top of the lantern, you can't tell it's orange until it turns red and it's about to blow up. And if you're in a well, you might survive, but you might get launched into a rock and then die. But uh, like if someone's dropping grenades all over that lantern, like solar nades that are just sitting there, that orange light, if you're standing in the grenade, you can't tell the lantern's changing color because your your whole HUD is turning orange because of the grenade, not because of the light. So my recommendation is keep the grenades away from the lantern or don't use solar, which is hard to say because it keeps your friends alive. Um, or just... Try to pay more attention to it because um, if you activate it and as soon as your countdown for your weight of darkness goes from 10 to zero, it's if I've noticed that once it once your weight of darkness hits zero as the person that that activates the lantern, it starts turning yellow then right then. So that it gives you enough time to reduce your weight, look around and then run. Um, but yeah, no, those those solar grenades on top of the lantern were bothering me so much the last two runs we did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't like, I see, I can't see that it's yellow. I can't see anything, but I know that we need mm-hmm. to run. Yep. The other thing that I would recommend is not enlighten. Like if, if you have enlightenment, do not enlighten the lamp until like all your homies are at the lamp because then you get like a weird stack of your darkness, like your darkness weights. Like some people have zero and they're taken off. Some people get to the lamp and they have five seconds before it explodes. So you're not really, I mean, there is like a weight of darkness or whatever that countdown is, but, um, but you're not like super rushed to hit that. So sometimes you can stand at the lantern, wait for everybody to get there. Uh, deposit the chalice into the preservation thing and then enlighten 
you know, just to give everybody time to kind of catch their breath for a second. Yeah, finally you get to that final plate to de- deposit enlightenment into to claim the plate. And the ogre start coming at you again, just like D1. So that was pretty nice. Um, two unstoppables and one yellow orange bar. So um, be prepared. Uh, have some unstoppable mods there at the end. Well, those will get on top of it quick. Then you get to start running through the, the white aura opening. And um, we had some close calls there with our like follow-up runs. Like Fox died like on the final plate and we're like don't have any revives to go back and get him and we're like crossing the white wall with no time left on uh, the team wipe so try to take care of those revives as you go um then we come to the bridge portion I, and i'm guessing it's just called bridge i guess what everybody's gonna call it but i don't know if it's actually called something else at this point um but you gotta Staying on the death totems on the sides, build a bridge, take swords and chalice across the bridge, and kill sword bearers, which those sword bearers on contest mode were very, very beefy. Um, constantly had the whole throw healing grenades at the people that was attacking the sword bearers, and um, throw down wells and help them out too, like as uh, like in that big opening area where they're kind of fighting them. And you know, this encounter is kind of just more about surviving for a certain amount of time. It's not about how fast you get some of this done. It's just like, hey, these actions just take time of trading out the chalice, getting the sword and going across and just living. Yeah, as the the hardest part is probably like the first person across and the last person across. Um, just because you are... If you're the last person, you're the you're trying to kill that last sword bearer in order to to go across and doing that by yourself. And there's usually two, at least two uh, barriers out, plus all the acolytes and thrall and all that stuff. So that that can be a bit uh, unfun. It's not it's not too bad now, but I know Chad did it in our challenge run. I think he was the last one across. So I'm sure that I was trying to fire across the map to try to help him out. Uh, but yeah, that you're, you probably want to keep your, your person best at staying alive should probably be your last person across. I would recommend. It was horrific. Um, I was the last one there. Um, I guess they trusted me quite a bit. Um, but I basically ran into a corner and hid behind a rock and shot at everything possible, uh, that could get to me. And then uh, once it cleared up on their side, they were able to start sniping for me. And by that time, the sword bearer had actually walked over to my side. And I just, I, I threw some hammers at some acolytes that were running up onto me, got myself some restoration, ran over to, to, uh, to the, the sword bearer, booped him and then just hammered him to death and booped anybody that got close. So they were, they weren't able to attack me, grabbed the sword and, and ran for my life. Um, but I was, I was hiding, man. I was hiding, bonking as much as I needed to in order to get restoration and stay alive. Um, and then ran across the first second I had, cause it was, it was getting real hairy, man. But, uh, I, I knew that the minute that Ryan was actually starting to shoot across and he told me he was helping out, I, I peeked 
And that, then I saw the sword bearer there. I was like, okay, cool. Okay. I, I, I think I can do it. But, uh, yeah, it definitely, it, it, in contest, it gets really difficult. The less and less guys you have, uh, on non-contest, you can kind of back up to the stairs and just poke at ads from there or find a safe spot and just have all three of the guys that are on the, on the beginning side, just, you know, kill stuff from a distance. You don't need to be on plates anymore. Uh, huddle up and keep each other safe while your guys are grabbing sword one at a time and running across. And, uh, we don't know if this is a mechanic, but, um, if you don't sword kill the guardians at the end or the sword, the, the gatekeepers, um, we believe that the totems do not deactivate, but, uh, you know, we haven't tested that yet. Yeah. So what, what Chad's mean in there, we, you can boop and blind the, the gate, those bearers. Yeah. Gatekeepers and just push them off the ledge. So if you're not going for flawless, just just run into them and push them off the edge. Yep. Um, Thinking back, like, um, it even happened once where I think if we kept Chad, like, unenlightened, and then I came back across the bridge, he took it for me, then I got enlightened, and he could clear out ads, he would have the chalice, and then I would got the sword, and then come back across as, like, for the last person. So, probably an easier way we could have done it for contest, looking back now, but, hey, we got it done and moved on. Uh, then you get to this little hallway before you get to the boss room to where it kind of is like back in D1 where you got to go get to the end of the room very fast to save it to where you can open the chest. Um, Xenophage is really good here. That You can like one shot those shriekers. And it's not about getting in the doorway. It's about depositing the chalice before the door closes. Um, the, the door timer doesn't really start until you kill the second shrieker, but if you take too much time, eventually it will just start closing anyways. So um, that brings you to the boss room and Irute, and it's time to kill some wizards and you get to kill a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, the big oh problem here is like finding out where those wizards are because there's seven possible rooms they can be in. And if it's not a wizard, it's going to be a shrieker. So the good thing about shriekers, they appear differently on your radar. If a shrieker's above you, there'll be like a red circle with a triangle pointing up. And if they're below you, it's a triangle putting de- pointing down. So that's one way to look and find out. And the other way is Wishender, which I think that's what we end up doing for day one. Yeah, so basically, uh, once again, you're passing the chalice around, you're getting people enlightened because the the seven rooms that the wizards can appear in have like a green barrier that prevents you from going in. You can only enter through that green barrier if you are enlightened. So the 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 first wave, you have three wizards that are spread across those seven rooms. So you need to take three enlightened people uh, to go to those rooms. And once they kill the three wizards, uh, it starts a uh, dark uh, liturgy. I believe is the the debuff that starts. It's like a 45 second timer. That is essentially your damage time that you have. Uh, we surprisingly, like damage wise, we were okay in this raid. Uh, 
I think it's just kind of a pretty easy damage meta right now. So uh, we were able to to deal some damage and got through that. And then <clears throat> assuming you don't kill, you're still going to be passing that chalice around again. This time there's going to be four wizards across the seven rooms. And uh, the boss, uh, Irute, the boss has like uh, gates that you have to get to uh, in order for the dark liturgy to stop. So not only does damage stop at the end of 45 seconds, but if you don't take like 35% of the damage or, or whatever that number is, you'll still wipe at the end of that. So you kind of have a limited time to do damage. So you want to make sure that everybody basically gets their wizard to the point of being able to be finished and then finish at the same time. So just to maximize that damage time. Uh, we did rockets, uh, rockets with a divinity and I had like a slug to help uh, do damage once I was out of rockets. Uh, heavy ammo wasn't much of a thing. There's a lot of stuff to finish. So throw on uh, throw on your exotic arms and finish away. You'll have heavy, no issues there. Uh, this is probably, ended up has been probably my favorite encounter of the raid, I think. I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I really like this one. I like it much more than it was in Destiny 1. And uh, you have to be, everybody is doing something you have to have like a somewhat good time like on your kills to maximize damage and uh i don't feel like the damage gates are are free you kind of have to do be able to do a little bit of damage to get to that yeah you definitely had the best changes for sure uh because it was an actual encounter in uh in 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 D in D one, this entire raid was soloable, but Irute was not a non-issue in in as a as a solo. Crota was the only thing that was difficult because you had to deal with Oversoul and you had to grab the sword and you had to make sure you stayed alive alive long enough to be able to actually do something. But Irute was just a a nice palate cleanser until you got there. Um, so actually making it a real raid encounter. Um, I remember seeing uh, some posts on Reddit that that stated that Iriud and Contest was a, a wall, was a wall that a lot of people weren't able to get over. Um, and it's not even damage wise, but again, like I said, mechanics. Each player is forced in this raid to play a mechanic. And it's such a stark change from Brood of Nightmares where you could literally run two people that know it and then four people that don't and not really have much issues. Um, but... In this raid, you have to. You have to know it. You have to keep an eye on timers. Even if you know the mechanics, you have to sit there and wait. Like Even people like us that have played a lot and know we need to pay attention, all of a sudden we'll hear Ryan, Ryan timer, and oh, dang it. Just go pick it up. And it's and it happens to all of us because it's it's tough. There's lots of stuff on the screen. And, and, and uh, basically at 50%, once it gets to 50%, I have an eye on it the whole time waiting if I remember. If it hits 50% and I haven't looked at anything or said anything, I'm, I'm forgetting it. Um, but because of that, um, here you get, got really hard in contest because you had to do three rounds and that third round, you had to kill five wizards, which meant five people had to rotate the chalice. So either you rotated it during damage and didn't use the expunges or you, pass the chalice around and everybody had to go find a wizard and, and, uh, and kill it. But people were forced to do it and then run back and, uh, like Ryan for damage, 
I was doing a, a slug and uh, I believe I was doing slug sunshot and uh, the rocket from the du- last dungeon. I had a uh, envious um, bait, and, bait switch. and switch. So I was able to go slug sunshot and then just four rockets off the rip, just bang, 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 bang. And then loaded a rocket slug hand cannon rocket reload slug hand cannon and that was just kind of my my cycle there um i don't think i switched to warlock yet i think i switched to it during crota so i was doing uh i was doing yeah i was doing solar hammers but i was using them to kill wizards fast because i was usually the last guy to go get the wizard uh so that i could just run in kill it and then run out while everybody else was uh waiting for to get the finisher down um now, part of the mechanic was that once the either you hit a timer of too long and uh, the the effigy starts, or you kill one wizard and then you got forty five seconds to do damage. Um, in non contest, what we do is we usually get the first. Uh, if there's three wizards, we get the first two to finishable, and then the guy, the other, the people that are in there with them just hide. They just hide behind the pillar until it's time, and then the third guy gets them to finish calls it out and then everyone finishes and runs for the plate. Uh, once that happens, dropped a well, hit that divinity and everybody goes to town. Um, obviously we're stu- still doing rockets. Uh, I don't know if there's been lots of damage testing done yet, but uh, I mean, it was a good strat then and it still works now. We can get an easy two phase on it with the same strat. So that's what we've been doing and it's working out fine. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely... If, if you got guys that are still iffy on the mechanics for the enlightenment, the, the bridge kind of narrows it down. But if, if they still need help for kind of force them to do it, force them to, to be like, Hey, you're going to get the first wizard. So pick up the chalice and let us know what's going on. Um, that way everyone's ready for Crota because Crota gets real hairy. If people don't know what to do. Uh, is there is there like a, a unified call out structure yet on those rooms? I haven't um, even looked, to be honest. I think like, I haven't I think, even touched I, Destiny and, and, Monday or Tuesday, or Tuesday or I, Wednesday. I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna dislike me very much, Ryan. But I think Shifty got it. Did he? Okay. I think he got it. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, but, uh, I'll have to look because I think the 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 two videos that I saw that were like raid guide for Crota all use the same numbers. So I was like, well, cause I agreed with you and what made sense to me as well. Cause like midnight starts direct directly in the middle and then it starts <laughs> going. But, uh, I mean, we also read left to right. So yeah. You know, what I did see, I did see, so like I seen left one and two R one and two and spawn one, two, three. And then right. that's so that's so much more complicated though. I understand. Yeah. But you can just be I like, just wonder because at some point we're going to have to LFG a few of these likely just if yeah. like schedules don't match up. So yeah. I'm dreading that. I'll just be real honest with you. Yep. All right. Moving on to Crota. Man, Crota is no chump. We're dream um, skirted. Yeah. Um, Basically, very similar to D1. You got to hit him with a sword to down him. But however, once you hit him with a sword to down him, that's when you can actually start doing DPS. 
So getting to that point kind of was very difficult during contest mode, and now it's just laughable how quickly you kill the ads to get the swords. But you kill the boomers in the, the two side towers. You kill the boomers. It's in, in the middle will spawn two ogres and a sword bearer. Take out the sword bearer to get the sword. And of course, you got to be enlightened to get the sword. So you're changing out that chalice buff in certain pools of light. Where it's like Crota's, it's like Crota's gaze or Crota's presence, presence debuff. This makes it yeah. where you can like trade it out in certain places. So uh, sometimes you got to really cross a good portion of that map, and Crota's is gaze, his gaze is on you and just melting you. Or there's a wizard, or there's a boomer. It's it's very easy to die. Um, I imagine this in master mode is going to be very difficult, and I imagine those orgs is going to be unstoppable orcs that spawn out there in the middle um yep um so uh our strat was to get three swords to make sure we uh do enough damage to Crota to get him down if uh two people would have to be absolute perfect with a sword during their contest to down Crota. and uh, there's a few times we pulled that off but uh, we never really could do that consistency, consistently. Um, and then we just went to town with swords, mainly lament. Uh, I, I definitely seen some more sword DPS videos pop up, where um, some adaptive frame swords are now the made all now the meta, and bequest is like the best sword, especially when you get it procced with surrounded. Now looking back, um, definitely wish I would have pulled out that. The quest and I knew that I knew it has more impact. I knew it has surrounded. Just didn't do it. Just sucks. Um, yeah, but, it, but dude, it doesn't. It wasn't like we like the the issue was more of just uh like we just couldn't survive final stand. Like yeah. we needed four warlocks and we didn't have four people to be warlocks, and we probably needed five warlocks. Truth be told, and then. That way, like one did it for the until like he went into final stand, and then we had four wells to go after that, and mm-hmm. we just didn't have it. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, all right, and then of course, like if you completed contest mode, you would have got necrochasm. Um, we were not. We did not get that, so we're definitely working our way through it, trying to get that necrochasm. Um, because it looks to be pretty good and the loot looks to be good too. So, uh, these next few weeks we'll be getting into the weapons of the season in the raid. Um, I think Bungie kind of stepped, stepped it up a bit here with some of these weapons and, and new perks. Uh, I think third logic, is going to be pretty dang good in certain scenarios. So, um, we're going to get our hands on some of the weapons and going to break them down for you in the weeks to come. But uh, which weapon are you looking to craft first? Uh, the machine gun. It has like reconstruction okay. sword, lo- sword logic. It's just so many good machine guns. Yeah, but there's no good arc ones. Yeah, there's the only good arc ones. So. Yeah. I mean... You can get a weird one from Spire. 
but it's it's not great. Oh, I'd hate I hate that text mechanic text mechanical perk. It's like dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that uh, yeah, that's the only one that's. Eh? <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, yeah. no. All right, uh, we're gonna have some notes from uh, Destiny Two update. Uh, went out today. Um, this is just the things that stood out to me. Um, match wins and trials over Cyrus now have a high chance to drop non-adept trials weapons. Um, it's pretty crazy that this wasn't already going on. Um, I like this change. I like being rewarded for my time of suffering inside of Trials of Osiris, even though I might only play it maybe once every two seasons. Uh, weapons and accessories. Disabled weapon crafting progression from base difficulty campaign mission completion. So it's just weapons now gain more levels if you do campaign missions. And then kinetic tremors has been adjusted to take 14 bullets to proc uh, on SMGs. Note, they will be adjusting other archetypes in the future. And they fixed the interaction between Tessellation and Storm Trance that allowed players to shoot the special shots more often than intended. Um, yeah. I, I, I did see that, and I was trying not to say anything on purpose. Um, I can't remember the exact interaction, but if you did something you were able to absorb a grenade for every shot, even if you didn't have a grenade. So you're able to go absorb linear shot and then absorb and linear shot. It took the first grenade for free or took the first grenade, but then it just gives you free grenades after that. And it was wild. Just the, just the amount of havoc you could re, re just destroying everything with that. I did enjoy it for a little bit, but uh, it got too crazy <laughs> yeah. for me. I, I had to put it down. I was like, this is too much. This is wild. <laughs> All right. That brings us to three likes and three dislikes for the week. Um, dude, my like is going to be uh, just, as Guardians is fully embracing sword logic. And and then Xavier Wrath is being like, we've been doing sword logic like since the beginning and like we always been taking down the the biggest and bads and and gaining power and and being stronger you know whatever we take down someone we turn them into a gun and only just makes us better so that's my like uh my like was just being able to be off of work um have a wife that took the kids out just being able to really spend time with everybody doing a raid it only happens twice a year. Uh, my wife, I'm very fortunate. I have a very awesome wife that lets me just completely veg out <clears throat> for like, like that to be able to do it. So I'm thankful for that. I, I had a lot of fun with you guys. Uh, never really even got terribly mad or frustrated or upset with anybody. So, uh, so that, that's pretty good the way I see it. Yeah, you did. You, you, you got a, You got a good lady there, friend. Um, I'm sure she's one of our three female listeners. Um, <laughs> but uh, I definitely my my like for this week is the seasonal story. It's getting it's getting real spicy, and I did I did not think that Zivu Aroth would be um, infiltrating the Ubliet or Ubliet, 
this quickly. Like it's it's week three, and she's already in there, and she's she's already throwing hands with Eris. Um, if you play through the seasonal story, uh, they exchange words when you go into the uh, the the altar of summoning, and then you fight the Leviathan Eater, who we talked about last week. We talked about that Leviathan Eater, and and uh, I tried to see if I could see his name, but it just says. Leviathan, Ziva Roth's Leviathan Eater, blah, 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 whatever it was. Um, but uh, definitely crazy to see him pop up that quickly. Um, and uh, definitely excited to really get into it. Uh, s- story's getting getting spicier quickly, so I hope it doesn't fizzle out too fast. Uh, my dislike for the week is that to my radar RNG seems to seems to be extending to all the raids. <laughs> Still no armor at all. Uh I think I think my hunter has one piece and has gotten multiple of the same weapon over and over again and I'm like that's that's cool. It's one week so we'll see what happens this week but uh, I'm excited to just to keep keep it going. Cuz there's no way that I statistically something needs to happen. And I will be amazed if it if it doesn't. Are you done? Huh? Are you done complaining about getting weapon drops all the time? They're not good, and they're not red borders. <laughs> so, all right. My dislike is that a lamp encounter. Uh, ever since after the first time that encounter sucks, you can go like eleven minutes and fail on the last part because you don't see the top part too often, like the toppest part of the hill. And there is, uh, in between the last uh, preservation point and the final uh, plate that you stand on to like uh, speed up the the time to build the bridge, there is a lantern that's there that has four, maybe six, maybe eight, maybe a hundred <laughs> pendulums that are just swinging at it. That is just like a bait. Do not fall for that. Just go like. Uh, like a trailer park girl go around the outside, just completely swinging out wide, miss all the pendulums, go to that <laughs> final plate. If somebody goes to the pendulums, they're going to die. Then somebody's going to have to go try to revive them. And then they're going to die. And it's just going to start a whole terrible thing. So the last lantern, you're just going to just let it be and just go straight to the, to the plate to build the bridge. Uh, my dislike is that this last Tuesday, uh, two days ago, was the first Tuesday. I didn't log into Destiny when actually like there was new content to play in probably years. Um, I didn't see anybody on. There was Starfield to play, and nobody talked about doing raids. So I'm like, I'm not playing Destiny. So this is kind of where I'm going to be at moving forward. Is like, if it's not a like if we're not doing Grandmaster. I'm not doing dungeon raid. I kind of just like I gotta get to that season pass done, and then I'm not gonna be like, okay, just let me know when something cool is happening. Dude, didn't vow the disciple? Didn't you take like a week off after that raid? Yeah, there was one raid. There was one raid. You were like, you were just like, you're like, I'm done. I gotta take a break, and you took like mm-hmm. at least five days off. Yeah, but I didn't do it this time. 
No, you didn't. But I think all of us were tired after our, uh, what do we spend Sunday? Like 14 hours at Crota or some bullshit. Yeah. Like I was just, I was just tired, dude. Just tired. (laughs) That was, and then Monday we got back on and it was like a holiday. So I had some beverages in me. So like come Tuesday and Wednesday, I've just been like last night we had talked about like a nine 30. And at like 9.35, I looked and you two were in like voice chat and I just popped in on my phone. I was like, is anything going on? If not, I'm going to bed. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited though. Like I wish that we, this didn't last so long. That way I could play tonight. But I'd like to get back in there and run another raid, but I know realistically it's going to be tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, probably going to be The bad part is, the bad part is the raids don't count towards your season pass really run the whole raid you might get one level so i don't know that's that's the frustrating thing to me i've talked about that every week so all right next up is gambling corner so um fox take it away so uh last week gambling corner we on who was going to win the the raid race and i think we did 2000 ante i think chad went we did 1000 ante sorry thank you jared uh chad went first he picked clan elysium so he won way to go chad congratulations so, um yeah we made it to where would double his money if he won so he won Three thousand, but it actually ended up winning six because he actually caught the winner. Yeah, yeah. So Chad didn't even remember that. So, um, and then uh, Jared picked. Who'd you pick, Jared? Uh, you pick I picked Gigs. Yeah, yeah. And then I picked Dado, who got a hundred and sixth, like a real bum. So that's who I picked. Uh, I'm just teasing. You did that on purpose, Dado. though. I did it that like, way. I'm going to believe in you because it's going to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, might, it definitely was a reverse jinx. You're exactly right. Uh, so uh, the way Gambling Corner works, every season we start with 10,000 Glimmer. And every week we make a bet. Based upon that bet, we uh, we either win or lose between the three of us. If you ever become bankrupt during the season, you must to delete, uh, offer a weapon up to be deleted and the other two people decide how much that weapon is worth in value. So if I become bankrupt and I put up uh, a raid weapon uh, that has terrible perks on it, it's probably not going to be worth much glimmer to buy back in with. Whereas if I pick a weapon that maybe is no longer obtainable, that has great perks on it and maybe like a high kill count, then that's going to be worth more. Um, I'll tell you guys what I was thinking for this week. And I know that we will get at least one raid, probably all three in, honestly, before the week's over, because I know how we all are. Um, I wanted to do fastest time, um, uh, like because uh, like a full encounter fastest time, like, and this is based upon the fastest time that like once you clear and get the chest, it gives you like a timer whenever at the commendation screen or whatever. 
mm-hmm. that's kind of the time that I was going to use. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, so do another Chad, 2000. Yeah. Okay. Chad one, I think he should have to go first. It's closest and you can go over. And we're talking fastest Grota, right? Entire raid. Fastest fastest yeah. bull raid. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's fastest Grota's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fastest Grota's in. Um Um, fastest Crota's end before next. I'm gonna say one well, hour. We could hour. have, we could have four or five raids in, but you know, like if we get all yeah, three but this we'll week, pick the fastest get... one. Yeah. Yep. So I'm yeah, I'm saying one hour eleven. Okay. Um, oh, current standings. Chad and I both have 13,000. Jared has 7,000. I'll go next. We'll let Jared get last pick. You said 111? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say 92 minutes. So what would that be? An hour 32? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, whenever you said that, like an hour 20 something popped in my head. So I'm right there in between <laughs> of you all. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go an hour 23. All right. All right. If you we'll have go. any ideas, if you have any ideas for the gambling corner, please, uh, you can tweet them to us at Destiny CC Pod. Put them as a comment in the video on Twitch or YouTube uh, and just uh, let us know because. Uh, usually I just kind of make these up. I, I, on Thursdays I drive like I, where I drive a lot for work. I'm always thinking like, what can we bet on this week? What are we going to do for show topics? So just, uh, give suggestions. We'll gladly take them. All right. That takes us to the Lord chat. What's going on? All right. Like I said, we're going into, actually we're going into the weapons this week. We're going to go into armor armor next week i think we did the armor so weapons but uh, we're going to start off with the hand cannon drifter wiped the sweat off his brow and the grin off his face his shoulders slumped as he stepped down from the platform in the derelict the gambit match had ended in a hard-earned win the next match would be in a few minutes that's all he had he cleared his throat his voice was hoarse drifter looked up at the swirling mass of egregore and his thoughts shifted back to eris morn They'd found a little comfort with each other, a little understanding. But what did it look like, he wondered, when all that chitin burst out of her? What did it feel like to eat up all those tithes the Guardian were taking for her in the field, in the Crucible, in Gambit? He'd read the reports. He saw the theories on Vannet. He didn't trust them. He trusted her. Drifter nodded to himself and took a breath as he heard the Guardians assemble behind him. He stepped up on the platform, flicking his jade coin. It spun in the air, catching the light before falling back into the drifter's waiting palm. You ever eat hive eyes? He asked with a smile, twisting his wrist around and slipping the coin back into his sleeve. Real juicy. They go pop in your mouth and shiver runs all the way through. (laughs) I'll tell you when you're older. He winked. The assembled guardians watched him in silence. Transmap firing. He called out and they disappeared in a burst of light.
a sniper rifle. The cards cannot truly predict the future. They only offer perspective, Erisborn said. She stood with Ido at the lectern of divination, laying each card with purpose. Your thoughts on their meanings will be appreciated. Ido didn't reply. She was looking over her shoulder and towards the ritual circle at the center of the Athenaeum. Eris continued, Your insight into Zivu Aroth's motivations avoided disaster, Eris said, trying to catch her attention. We were able to warn Queen Mara and convince Rasputin of his error. Ido nodded, looking down at the table with the tip of one claw she aligned the edge of the adherent card with the edge of its neighbor. You want to ask me something, Eris said after a long pause. She had never known Ido to refrain from asking any question that came to her mind, and the scribe's new hesitance was surprising. Yes, Ido said, then paused. When she spoke again, it was a whisper. This is where it happens. Your transformations? Her voice strained at the last word. Yes, where the runes are most powerful, Eris answered coolly, here and in the Witch Queen's oubliette. Ido nodded. That word is from an old human language, Ido said, her voice regaining a little of the cheer that Eris recognized. Its root means to forget, I believe. Yes, you are correct. And, uh, Ido paused again, the question tangling in her throat. Do you forget who you are? Eris took a breath. In their research together, Ido had learned to be blunt. No, Eris said. I am all, I am myself, always. Ido's eyes widened. There was silence, no questions, no curiosity, only the unblinking stare of someone too afraid to speak. There's nothing to fear, Eris said, and she did not know if that was comforting. Ido nodded and looked away. Of course not, the scribe answered. I didn't think there would be. Eris wondered if others had lied more convincingly. And scout rifle. What was Briya like? The assembled ghosts, Targe, Peach, and Ophiuchus ceased their gossip. They turned to Glint, who bobbed back a half-step. I never met her, Glint admitted. But you know what happened to her, right? Peach asked. Glint nodded. She was, Peach thought for a moment, searching for the word, cheerful. Glint contracted his shell in confusion. That's a little hard to imagine. It's true, Peach chimed. You saying that makes it even harder to imagine. Glint replied, but Targe and Ophiuchus bobbed in affirmation. I mean, Eris was never cheerful, Peach continued, but Briya could bring out a different side of her. It was impressive. I was impressed. She used to make up rhymes with Eris, Targe added. It was endearing, Ophiuchus said. Huh, Glint mused. It sounds like she was pretty special. She was, Targe said. They fell into a moment's silence until Peach spoke again. What she did in the Hellmouth, it wasn't for nothing. Eris made it out. The assembled ghosts nodded. I think I'd do the same if Crow was in danger, Glint said softly. If that was the only way to keep him safe. But Crow would be very sad. Very, very sad. Eris is very, very sad too. It wasn't just losing the light or her friends, Targe replied. We know our guardians better than anyone. We see them at their lowest moments. Targe glanced away, lost in thought. Peach hummed. I wonder what she'd think about Eris's plan. Her question hung in the air for a moment. Glint bobbed in consideration. 
I think she'd be proud, he said, and the others agreed. Use your rifle. My queen, undoubtedly, you have read the reports. I make no apology for the ritual I have performed or what I become when under its effects. You too have done many things in your own life that revealed who you are. The guardians see me unrestrained. I do not control my emotions when I enter the oubliette and embrace my transformation. I warned you of this many years ago when I was afraid of what I might do, but I am no longer afraid. The time of warnings has passed. We have the knowledge we need. Long ago I warned you of the threat Oryx posed and the imminence of his arrival. I spoke of his sword logic and his throne world, of his insatiable worm and the power of its dreadnought. With this insight you did something marvelous. Your throne world, your Eleusinia, is a testament of your will to your Tekian skills and to Riven's delight. Sadly, its desecration is, to our knowledge, irreparable. I am certain it was once beautiful, but I believe it was also the sole exception in a process of creation that is uniquely hive. If only the slaying of a powerful being was required, then every guardian would be reveling in their own creation. Recall that it was only the hive magic that the scorned Baron Hirax, the mindbender as he wished to be styled, created a throne through Cade Six's murder. So too did Crota affect his own throne in the same way. Of course, Oryx and Sabathun's thrones are well known to us, a worm husk of bone, a lush garden of light. Others have seen brief and terrible glimpses of Zivarath's throne. It gapes like a maw following her wherever there is war. Theirs was inadvertent upon their first true deaths. They did not know what they had made with their strength and power of their worms. They created something dire and found themselves there upon their deaths. Imagine the hive gods' first glimpses of their realms. To retreat to one's throne is to retreat into the variances of one's mind. It is a stark confrontation. You were well prepared for yours. Such was the consequence of my warning. I could well imagine my surprise at the variances of my own, as my own emotions surprise me now. But imagining must be enough for me. Eris Morn. The Machine Gun. Sender, Ikora, Decryption Key. Subject, Understanding. Sabathun didn't construct her spire for light and logic alone. There is more to this than meets the eye. That's the crux of it. What is Imbaru? Asking the question yields an ounce of tribute by itself. Failing to answer it yields more. It's impossible to engage with the concept without failing, falling into the web of cunning devised by the Witch Queen, even after her death. It's elegant and irritating. We are familiar with the sword logic, the needs to endure and force the universe to endure you. It's a contest. When there is nothing left standing but you, then you've won. Your prize is existence. But Nimbaru is tribute. From the failure to understand, when Savathun ensnared us with her cunning, she fed her own worm. Every false step or mistake in our attempts to unravel Savathun's plans gave her exactly what she wanted. Whenever someone believed a lie or doubted a truth, she became that much more powerful. We might think we know what we're doing here. But in many ways, I doubt we do. There will be ripples from Eris's actions. We can't predict what waves she'll make. Message ends. Rocket Launcher. Ido of House Light, Scribelog Epsilon 2-12A. I have received a gift from Eris Morn. 
It is a collection of hive tomes on the nature of their runes and their rituals that they compose. I delved into the tomes immediately. They were very useful once. I was able to decipher her notes, neaten the pages, and remove her blank bookmarks, which I hope were not placed there for some purpose. I could not find a pattern in their insertion when they had arrows pointing to underlined passages. At this point in my studies, I believe I have some insight into the way these runes affect their magic. As Eris has explained to me, each rune is a logogram that encompasses many and at times contradictory meanings. Curiously, some denote the particular light energy is used by guardians and predate the acquisition of the light by Savathun's brood. The style employed in inscribing the runes is unique to their practitioner. For instance, the runes that Eris writes follow concentric circles, while Savathun composes long tangential strings of runes. Runes also adorn many hive weapons in long columns. I understand that Eris is now devising a ritual that requires the composition and empowerment of many hive runes. I must remember to wish her luck. Now, hearing about uh, Eris's ghost being cheerful was definitely not something I expected. And uh, my my belief that the Drifters all about the uh, the hiviness is uh, been fortified a bit. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely going to be weird. To see what happens in, in the rest of this season. Hearing, hearing more about ghosts talking about other ghosts is is obviously a I'd like to hear more about that more about Eris's ghost or other people's ghosts that we are no longer around us and stuff like that that'd be neat there's got to be like uh the ghost have to be like a <clears throat> a gossipy bunch you know what I mean like you think uh if there was like a ghost communication network that they're able to communicate with each other like uh they're able to put themselves into like a matrix where they all meet up and are able to communicate like when our guardians asleep or something, you know, they're able to yeah. come together. That that would be like an interesting like ghost being like, Oh, well you think that's cool. Listen to what my guy did. He did this. And it's like, your guy's an idiot. My guy uh, was trying to run through the maze and jumped right in the hole. And I had to bring you back. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be, <laughs> Cool. And I heard his buddies telling him there was a hole behind that rock. <laughs> Watch out for that pendulum. This jackass just Don't kept running and got drilled by it. <laughs> yeah. I even made fun of him by saying guardian down to the rest of his team. Guardian <laughs> uh, down uh, again. <laughs> That's got to be, they got to make that like a really rare voice line. Where like it's like a oh, one in like two hundred deaths, just Dude, like yeah, guardian down again. Like if you're like you have to be at an you have to have like greater than like ten wipes at one encounter, and mm-hmm. like even then it's it's a it has like a touch of malice drop rate or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, I think that takes us onto the mailbag. Uh, question one, what are you going to take with you to the next raid race that you learned from this one? I will say I was proud of us for being willing to take breaks. That was an issue for us before. Uh, we probably could have used another one or two maybe during Crota, but like Crota wasn't really, we just, we, once we got to the execution part, it was just like, we just couldn't be final stand. It was like getting to damage phase and then 
getting to the second damage phase consistently and then getting to final stand. And, you know, it was just a lot you had to juggle. But uh, I would say what I think that we did a pretty good job of communication and everybody was uh, pretty chill in regard. Like nobody got upset. Nobody like there was never a point where it was like uneasy. Uh, and I would say like good sleep and good meal breaks probably helped with that. Um, dude, Hammer Titan is so damn strong that um, unless some serious nerfs have to happen to it, it's I don't know why not more people are just running that. Um, constantly you can make sunspots, you can ramp up that damage. Um, more of those. Uh, it's probably better in the future. Yep, it's it's basically taken over the uh, the automatic Ursa's spot, um, because it it keeps you alive, especially during contest modes, because that's important. Like, yeah, picking up your homies is is good and all, but keeping yourself alive is probably a little more important. Um, I think I think definitely the the, the breaks. I think we need to. Our next, our next steps as a as a group squad is looking at our damage, being like, what's going on here? Is there something happening with mods? Um, is there something weird happening with mods right now? Can someone like look up on on? Can someone Google if some mods aren't working right now or some are? Um, and it's just it's really nitpicky ish stuff because if 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 you can move mods around and all of a sudden someone puts out an extra two hundred k, like that's that Nothing could get to you to stick the at. next phase. Yeah, that yeah. could get you there. So uh, checking everybody's loadout and making sure everything's in line. Yes, they might have the weapons and stuff down, but, uh, you know, getting getting really nitpicky on it. And, in, and obviously in a helpful way because it's it's what you need to do to, to, to really push it because the guys that are getting these clears have these things on lock individually, not as a group. They already have it all done. So... They they might even have the same weapons we do. Some of them like have the, the the perfect guns, and we had them too. But they're perfect set of mods. They're hot swapping boots here and there. They're doing all these things to make sure that they pump out that extra two percent of damage each, and that's uh, that can make a difference. That's the twelve percent that we could have used to get through final stand to put us over the top. So uh, one thing that I. I got, I have to get better with swords. Like that's just my, my weak point is I don't like to use swords. So I never use swords. So I have to get better with lament because it's been damaged for like three years at this. Well, since deep stone, you know, it was, uh, the meta there. So I have to get better with that. Um, one thing that I think that we as a three should focus on and even like shifty or, or something, I think that it would probably do us good to, start trying to do like four man raids, <clears throat> that kind of stuff. That's going to push us. Uh, it's, it's not going to be exactly like contest mode, but it's going to put us in spots to where we have to be as perfect as you have to be during contest mode, because in order to be Crota on contest mode or challenge mode, you had to have like 14 minutes of damn near flawless execution. There was no, you know, like if you had two mistakes within like 45 seconds to a minute of each other, it pretty well took that run out. So uh, if we could get three, half to two thirds of the, of the raid squad being able to 
get used to playing perfect for that amount of time, I think it would make a big difference for us. More warlocks. You can never have enough of those either. Yep. Yep. That's another thing that kind of hurt us was some people, like, I have all three characters. My hunter gets absolutely, like, just neglected. My titan gets mostly neglected, but it gets played more than the hunter. So I've got to have those other ones. And not that they weren't ready because they still had good gear. Like, I've been playing the game long enough. It would be a travesty if they didn't have good gear. But I didn't have second and third loadouts of good gear. I had like one set of good gear. So that's something I'm going to have to focus on. Yeah, definitely got to get some some more uh, master dungeon runs on my warlock for armor. To get some more artifice armor for that extra, extra little bits here and there. All right, question two. What are your personal goals to complete in Destiny by the end of the season? Hmm. So I want to have as many patterns complete as I can. Um, I think that I'll have everything done except for the Icolos hand cannon, which I can get through the uh, one of the missions, one of the exotic rotator missions. Uh, so that's... Yeah. Is that this? Yeah. I, the hand cannon is this week. So that's, uh, my goal is to run those. And then, um, so basically I have like, I need like one beloved three plank stride, um, three hand cannons and four, of one of the sidearms that came out, I think the Crota, not the Crota sidearm, but, uh, anyways, uh, I think it was the pirate season sidearm. Uh, so I need those, and uh and then like the the new raid and the new seasonal and then i have every i have all the old raids and all that stuff done so i would like to have nearly all if not all of those completed by the end of the season that's kind of the goal that i'm working on uh Tin and uh was a sword breaker title for crota that's like mm-hmm. 1a 1b that's the only two things that i really care about trying to gotta keep Conqueror 10 going and then Swordbreaker just make sure I've made decent progress throughout this season yeah definitely both of those things that Jared said uh, red borders as well like Ryan said I'm still missing a lot of red borders from other stuff like deep stone I don't have a lot of those done um, and uh, and last wish I still need to do a bunch of those um, and raid titles uh, I, need, I need to get a couple of those done which means I need to run Root of Nightmares because I don't have armor. So, if if, if, if you're interested, if you're interested in those things, please tweet us or send us friend request in the game or something. Because the more we have, the easier it's going to be for us to get into these activities, and uh, I it, it would just be fun. It'd be fun to do that. Um, question three. The three rotator exotic missions, please rank them uh, in fun, dip, rank them in difficulty, and then rank them on the weapons that you receive. Uh, so fun, I would say Vox Obscura is last. I hate that one the most. Um, I probably like the... The Presage 
or presage or however the heck that's pronounced, that's probably number one, which would leave number two to be, what is the other one? The big long space mission that gives you the, the weird like pulse scout rifle. It's with Vision Zero as a gun. That's it. Yeah. That's the big spacewalk one, right? That uses part of Deep Stone. That's that's probably number two, I would say. Yeah, difficulty. Um, probably they changed the way the harder difficulties are now, so I don't think any of them are really going to be that difficult. I would say if I'm going to pick one, it's the Box Obscura as being the most difficult because the tank portion can just be annoying and. Um, not real familiar with tanks because there's not a lot of opportunities in Destiny 2 anymore to play with tanks. So that might be some, you know, some a little learning curve there. Um, I'm going to agree with uh, Ryan's ranking there. Not uh, right. not because I hate Vox, but because it is, it is annoying. And then weapons. Uh, huh. So the three weapons that you have, you have the uh, grenade launcher, the pulse rifle, and the scout rifle. So I'd probably go grenade launcher, scout rifle, pulse rifle would probably be the way I would rank those. I hear you. Um, unfortunately, that grenade launcher is um, just, it just it gets uh, encompassed by... It, it's just just an exotic that what's that the one from Valda Disciple that I just forgot. It's the arc one. Arc grenade launcher. Oh. It just does oh my gosh. everything that you you need to do. Forbearance. Um yep. over top of it. So I would say with Vision Zero, because of the anti barrier that's built into it, and you can get sniper bullets with it. So if you get a season that's like really shitty anti barrier for like column one. Um, like this season's bows and auto rifles. So Revision Zero might come out in a GM. So I'd say Revision Zero is number one. So you have Dead Messenger, Revision Zero, and Dead Man's Tell. Yeah, are the Dead names Man, of those. Dead Man's Tell has been nerfed so much in PvP; it's tough. I agree with Jared. All right. Uh, question four: Favorite food. Favorite beverage, favorite television program to watch while eating and drinking your favorite food and beverage. Is the food just going to be like a chain food? I mean, I guess it would be like pizza, tacos, chicken oh, wings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely pizza. Pizza's number one. That would um, be my top three, by the way. Pizza, tacos, and chicken wings. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which of the three it would be. Yeah. Yeah. You could get okay. a, um, a Chipotle chicken taco pizza, you know, um, and then that way, there you go. Um, <laughs> beverage. All three in one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm going to go like a, a soft drink, it would have to be like, uh, L8, which is like a ginger ale that's like locally, like from Kentucky. Um, but like, if I'm gonna go, if I'm drinking alcohol, it's probably just gonna be beer with pizza at that point. Just give me light beer. And 
TV program, I mean, The Office is always like my go-to. Just throw it on, especially the super fan episodes. Were so good. Oof. Um, I I think we all have almost the same top three. At least me and Ryan. Um, except I would exchange chicken wings with burgers. Um, I didn't grow up with chicken wings very much. Uh, but burgers were a really easy, like my dad's in charge of food burgers. It is, uh, kind of deal. So, uh, but I, I would do tacos, a, uh, a, a Mexican Coke and, uh, and I don't know, man, I'm feeling Mexican. So maybe, uh, La Madrastra, it's a, it's a telenovela from back in the day, but they remade it. So there's a new one. And, uh, let me tell you the. Mexican uh, soap actresses. Great actresses. Just acting all around is wonderful. Yeah, real smart. Just super smart. I, uh, I, so pizza, taco, chicken wings uh, is going to be what day you ask me. Favorite beverage is going to be an ice cold beer. Uh, probably. <laughs> These are very different things, but either a Bud Light or a Coors Light or an IPA. Uh, it just depends on it depends on if I'm if I'm going to be drinking like twelve to twenty beers or like six to eight beers. That's kind of <clears throat> where we are with that. Uh, I was always more of a Coors Light guy before, but now that everybody hates Bud Light, I have started to enjoy those Bud Lights, especially with some limes uh, put in them. And favorite television program. It's got to be basketball or football, so some sort of sport. Not so much baseball. Um, if that doesn't count, if sports doesn't count, um, favorite television program would probably be... Uh, I've been I've been real into Seinfeld for a while, so that, that would probably be... Since Jared said The Office, I'll say Seinfeld. Uh, question five, are there any other games set to be released this year that you're looking forward to? This is a hard one. I don't really know. Like, I know I'm going to play Starfield. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm going to be playing at least one, if not two more Final Fantasies before the year's over. I think the next one I'm going to play is going to be Final Fantasy VI. So, but I probably won't play Call of Duty unless there's another Warzone or something coming out that people seem to get into. Um, I know there's not a Halo coming out. I'm not much into Forza. I don't have a PlayStation to be able to play the new Spider-Man or any of that. So, um, I still haven't played Spider-Man Miles Morales, which depending upon how things are looking, that might be like a Steam purchase that I have coming up, depending upon like Steam sales and things, because I'm not paying more than $30 for it. So if it doesn't ever get below 30, I'm not going to play it. Uh, Red Dead 2, I'm waiting for that to get below 20. So those are kind of the numbers I'm waiting on. Uh, in order to to pick those up to play them because at this point I've waited this long. I, I can wait another six months for it to get below 20 because, you know, at that point it's it's not a big commitment if I don't finish it. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to look at Steam here at their upcoming sales, like releases, and like it's 2K20, it's NBA 2K24, and like a bunch of cartoon anime games. Always. So it's just, I guess, I guess like the new FIFA's coming up, and like I understand that people just absolutely love those games, and pay their monthly, their yearly subscription of seventy dollars to play, but. Man, I'm not seeing it. It's just like it's Starfield and Destiny, um, for for a while. Um, no new games, but uh, the 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 Pokemon DLC should be coming out this year, so I'm uh, definitely gonna be in those once uh once they come out. Is that Scarlet and Violet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's I think a, the first what's the plan one with coming those? up is is uh, there's two DLCs, uh, Teal Mask, and then. Uh, something disc. Um, so they give you a whole new area of the map and a new story and 200 plus extra mons. Dang. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, there is a new Mario coming out this year. I'm, I'm sure I'll end up with it because I end up with all those Mario games because I can play them with the kids, AKA I, play them by myself and then when the kids are around we'll play it a few times and i get to play them um still doesn't get better than uh super mario world super mario 3 right behind it and then i would say galaxy then 64 then sunshine chad what's your what's your mario order are you uh, jared i don't think you played much mario did you Do you have a ranking, Chad? Um, I would say Sunshine's definitely up there. Uh, Sunshine and Galaxy are right in the same place. I okay. wasn't as good at video games when Sunshine came out, so there's a lot of it that I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I got too frustrated to keep doing. I'm like, this is too hard, and then I just went to the next mission instead of trying 100. percent Um. Cause the, the controls were tough. Like the water, like getting the nozzle to, to, yeah. to hit the right stuff was, was difficult. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have the focus and the drive, um, <laughs> and the power, uh, to, to really get it going. So I, I would give up and move on to the next mission instead of trying to get every single star. Uh, but galaxy was definitely amazing. Uh, super Mario 64 obviously has a, is a very, very nostalgic place. Um, did you get much into 64 uh, like speed runs and that kind of stuff I, I did watch a lot of the speed runs uh, when I was I playing. watched I a lot which, I never like I never played something I could never I couldn't do it but uh, yeah it was definitely really really crazy to watch some of them just the the speed running any stars completions are like that how, yeah how, are, how is yeah. this the little the jumping through walls and like doing a little the backwards yep. jump to like I know exactly what you're talking stairs. about. Like it's unreal. It's it's crazy. To so uh, I think Jared's having some technical difficulties at the moment. Uh, it looks like sound related based upon the way he was holding his headset. So we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna wrap this up. That was the last question in the mailbag anyway. So I am the Destiny Bad Boy, not Ryan Fox. Please follow us on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod. Uh, it looks like Jared's already wrapped up the YouTube video. If you're, 
Twitch is wrapped up as well. Uh, so you do that. Uh, if you want to raid with us, we would love to take you through the raid. Uh, I don't, I'm sure without even speaking to these guys, that would probably be some of the most fun stuff we did is just uh, raiding with listeners, viewers, blah, blah, blah. So I think uh, what I'm going to do, I think after this podcast is over, I'm going to send a tweet out. If anybody wants to raid with us for their first clear, uh, reply to this tweet and we're going to work in this weekend at some point. Uh, But before we end the podcast, I'm going to let these other two guys sign off. Yeah, I just had one of the scariest moments of my life. Just straight, like the loudest static, just shoot through my headphones. And I had no idea what happened. So um, I just had to end it all, you know. So, um, but yeah, playing your, getting through Crota, just getting some of the weapons unlocked is priority one. And I wish I could only get weapons to drop. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it, it it's nice when it's not the same weapon over and over again. Or just, here's the problem. I get like one piece of equipment armor and I get that same piece of armor over and over again. That's the one that stinks because it's not always weapons like you guys say. So stop it. Um, But definitely be uh, playing through that story. Uh, This week's is very quick, very fast. You can spend like 20 minutes and you can get through all of it, even listening to everything. Um, but, uh, it's, 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 it's hopefully looking like it's ramping up and it's going to crescendo into something really cool. Uh, and, and I'm excited for it and I'll keep on ripping out some more lore for you guys. And, and, uh, really hoping that we get something real spicy as always go cats. Love you guys.